Mr. and Mr. Marigold, ships at sea. Ed Sheen for Colony Confidential. Welcome you to another exciting podcast. Joey Buns, the brains, you already know that. We're here, Colony Confidential. We have a special guest. Most of you that listen probably heard me um, speak about her and what she was doing with us at Colony. Her name is Char Newell. She is Woo! from Your Healthy Reality. She is a book writer, The Yellow Weed. The Yellow Weed. Uh, she writes for Forbes. Shaw Newell, uh, would you please just introduce yourself? I finally made the show. How about that? <laughs> it's only been nine months. This is months. not the highlight of your life. <laughs> it is the highlight of my life, actually. It's only been nine months that I've been working with you guys. And finally, I get an invite. After nine months, 10 days, yeah. and... <laughs> I'm kidding, but I am. My name is Shar. Um, I do. My company is Your Healthy Reality. We do business consulting and coaching for small to medium-sized businesses. And basically, what I do is I go into organizations such as Colony Pest and help them pretty much align their people strategy with their business strategy. So I look at systems and processes and and set the foundation for the future. Tell me where you want to go, and I'm going to help you get there. That's right. my short speech. In addition to that, yes, I am an author. I wrote a book, The Yellow Weed, um, and that in that book came out 2019. I talk about how to recognize and embrace the process before your blessings, and I think a lot of us need that right now. Um, as well as I'm a contributor for Forbes, I do write for Forbes, although they're sitting waiting for a new article from me, and I will definitely get one out this month. Well, it's not I, like you are pressed for time or anything. I know. And, and they're like, hello, what are you doing? Why haven't you sent us anything? So I, I am a contributor for Forbes as well as some other HR platforms because my, my background, my career started in human resources. Although I'm no longer practicing, I do tend to try to keep up as much as I can with my field. So you're being modest, which I can appreciate. So I'll pull some truths out of you. The most employees of the, the biggest company that you helped help turned around you we spoke about it in the very beginning when we first met it was that i believe it was like a visiting nurse type service yep six thousand six thousand what employees how many before you got there fifteen hundred so so you tr you what's that quadruple four times fifteen yeah 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 college boy that's that's four times fifteen hundred <laughs> Right. I'm right. pulling information out of her because Colony is 24 or five employees. And, you know, to take, a, to build process, you know, we talk about building processes all the time mm -hmm. and how I came across um, Char was through somebody that she had worked with that I went to high school with, uh, Tanya, who's uh, like a brand ambassador and works for multiple luxury brands. Char had coached her personally and then Tanya thought it would work. And we were in the middle of at Colony, redoing all our processes. And the technical processes, Shar, if you remember, were probably already done before you got there because they're kind of the easiest. Kill a bug, do this and that. Right. And, and the, the toughest ones for us is the office stuff and HR and, you know, and I believe that if you have good people, and, and this is not something, this is recent, maybe in the last seven or eight years, that we focus on employees instead of customers knowing that right. if your employees are good then your customers are good that that was probably the biggest piece because once you have all the processes in place and your employees know every single thing to do their job 
mm-hmm. and you can grow like that. I mean, that, that's amazing growth. Um, and before COVID-19, Colony was on target to hit its 2020 uh, strategic initiative as far as growth, really as far as everything. everything. Growth, employees, management, uh, KPIs, all that stuff. All that. You were going to exceed it. Correct. Let me not argue. So, Shar is here. We, we're going to ask her a multitude of questions because she runs the full gamut. Um, like she said, she did a lot of HR. That, that's, not, that's not her thing now, right? Like, I'm right in saying that. She could still talk about it, but it's not your yeah. thing. You, yeah, I definitely could still talk about it. I just don't, from a career standpoint, as you could see with situations like this, when you're in HR, you are hit all the time with stuff like COVID regulations, changing laws, changing new rules. It's a lot. And I actually, you know, I feel for the human resources department because we are the mother of every organization. As much as people don't like to give us credit, they want to put us in a back office and they want to leave us there and not look to us for advice or get our opinions before they make decisions. So I spent my, my career fighting my way to the top and, and getting a seat at the table and having CEOs like yourself realize that HR is important and you do have to let us sit at the table. You do need to ask us because we're, we're, we're the voice of the employees and we're the ones that right now in the middle of COVID-19 that everyone is knocking at our door saying, what are we gonna do? Especially with you know this whole returning to work situation, HR is the one that's going to have to come up with the policies and, and what's going to happen and how we're going to do it and how we're going to roll these things out. Yeah. Just, just be careful. Don't, don't throw HR out there too much because it's, it's Ed Sheen's least two favorite letters in the alphabet. <laughs> I just feel that the workers have more rights than we do. And, and I, I, I was rough and, uh, but I paid well. And if you were a good employee, you were treated exceptionally well, but if you were, but I won't tell you what I called him, mm-hmm. like a guy that was just looking to be there and like guy wanted a job, but didn't want to work. Yeah. I, I get rid of you real quick. I could do it. I only got, I only had to pay unemployment insurance once till I learned how to play the game. You're correct. <laughs> As an employer, it is very rare these days that you don't pay unemployment insurance. People quit. They get unemployment. Yeah. People get caught doing drugs on the job, they still get unemployment. I mean, and I think, you know, we talk about this all the time. There's no happy medium, right? Mm -hmm. Democratic, uh, Republican, there's never anybody in the middle that could do both. So this is the same thing. Like you have HR, we've gone so far this way in HR with employee rights that we've lost sight of the real goal, in my opinion. The Mm -hmm. bottom line is, you got to take care of the horses that are pulling the wagon. And if somebody's working good for you, 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 you know, listen, I lent right. them money interest free, let them pay it back with overtime. I took good care of the guys that were good workers and, 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 and the, the crap I got rid of as quick as I could. So let me give you a quick HR lesson. What? You can't pick and choose who you're going to loan money to. <laughs> why we don't loan money anymore. Because you, if you loan money to the really good guy, and not to the really shitty guy. It's called something like uh, discrimination. discrimination. HR is a necessary evil. And I say that because yeah. it's evil. The whole premise of it is evil, but it's necessary. And you need somebody, if you have it internal, 
I don't even know how that would work because that just, who the hell, who's the HR for HR? There's a good question for you. So I don't agree when you say it's evil. And, and that's because I know why you're saying that. And it's the way whoever you encounter during your HR experience is the way they handled human resources. But I have to tell you, our job has really changed over the years. It's no, we're no longer doing HR the same. We're, we're now considered, you know, business partners. We are the medium between management and employees. And our job is to make sure both sides are happy, not one. I, I was never there just to support management because at the end of the day, the employees are the ones that's making the ship keep going. And, but I do get why you're saying that, but we're no longer considered evil. They actually do see us now. Um, that's why I went into coaching. I've always transformed, transformed my organization into a coaching environment. So my HR department were coaches. We coached employees. We believed in professional development. We believe in developing. We don't believe in just terminating or firing unless it's really truly warranted. But if you have a good employee that might've gone through something in the last three months or so, and now you're seeing their performance starting to you know, diminish, then let's look at that. Let's figure out what's happening in that employee's life. And, and we've had this conversation and I do everything yeah. by the book, of course. Yes, and we, we have do. an HR consultant, outside consultant, which I happen to like because they tell you everything that you should do and they talk to you as an owner and mm -hmm. work with you and you can have an honest conversation. Well, you could always have an honest conversation. Always. Who is HR for HR? You know, um, if, if we're lucky, we have an outside general counsel or general counsel internally, depending on the size of your organization. Yeah, because that's, a, that's another thing. With, with the HR consultant from Colony's standpoint, mm -hmm. the, the team doesn't really have access to them. You know what I mean? Like our employees. But that's the, why you have your PEO, right? Well, the PEO, to a certain extent, we like, you know, we try to do it. Like if you have a problem with Chris, call me. If someone has a problem with me, call Chris. Mm -hmm. But who would Chris call? Nobody. Tell Chris to call me. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to call me. I could handle that. Right? <laughs> One of us could take care of it. I would definitely have but a I, But I got a question. If I had an internal HR department, I would be concerned to have an honest conversation with them about an employee. You know you what I mean? You should not. You shouldn't. I've always, my CEOs always had honest conversations. They'll tell me exactly what they want and I'll tell them, mm, well, this is how we need to do it. <laughs> but how old has he been working for you? How long? Usually he's, we pick it up after two or three months. Did he pass probation? Because, you know, my thing is, if you recognize something early before the probation period, deal with it. Don't wait until the probation period is up. So how long's probation? Depending on your, your, calling, your handbook. So in your handbook, Joe, it's what, three months? No, it's 120 days. Oh, he went, and, he went And the reason, the reason that we picked 100, we picked six months if we could, which we could. Because of the nature of the industry and the nature of the job, right? You have a minimum for a new employee, even if they, even if they have 10 years pest control experience, you have a minimum of a month of training, right? Then they go out on their own. It takes any new employee three to six months to show if they're bad or if they can maintain the work. So we came up with the 120 days because when New York City made mandatory sick leave, Mm -hmm. They made it 120 days. So we said, all right, let's leave. Let's do 120 days because it coincides with that. 
Yeah. Um, what, I, what I would recommend is what a lot of organizations don't do enough is have conversations very early on, very early in from the start date. So you should be having, again, this coaching relationship when someone starts. You should be meeting a month later to go over what did their month look like, what went well, what did not go well, and start having those dialogues. People, organizations are not doing that. Managers are not doing that. Two months, you touch base again. You have a conversation. You talk about what was great, what was not great. Three months is where, if it is a three months probationary period, by then you should actually have some type of an idea how well this relationship is going. Do I wanna continue? So because you wait, you don't say anything, a lot of managers hold it within, they're upset, they're talking to other managers, they're talking to you know, other colleagues about this one person, but they're not talking to the actual employee about their performance during that time. So start to address things a lot sooner than later. The last meeting that I went to right before this was Legislative Day, and they had a, uh, what do you want, like a panel discussion. And the people on the panel, one of them had weekly check-ins with every employee. Which is very good if you could do that. Time-consuming, depending on how many employees you have. It's a time management skill for sure. Yeah. I got a question. You talk to them, you bring them in, you talk to them. They're going to tell you, yeah, this is good and that's good. Can you go out and actually check on their work without causing any... Absolutely. Legal issues. You should absolutely be doing that. Um, yeah, that's, that's all about quality control. That's quality. Exactly. Yeah. Most certainly. There's, there's nothing wrong with you checking. As, as a matter of fact, it should be part of your process. I, I definitely would implement that if that's not in place. Everything that you did, Ed, Sheehan, yeah. <laughs> everything you did up until the point of how you dealt with it was okay. <laughs> Those are all, yes, those are all real things you should do. Uh, the write-ups that you did are a necessary evil. And I think the biggest mistake that a lot of small businesses do is that they don't write people up at the first onset of the issue. And then by the time the issue is out of control, you want to fire them. Formally written them up. And so one of the things that we like that we do is we do verbal write-ups in the beginning where we have a conversation with the employee there's always another manager there or witness, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we have a conversation about performance and where they're at and what's missing and blah, blah, blah. And then we don't make them officially sign it, but the two people in the meeting sign off on a verbal, what is it called? What do we call it? It's a write-up, but we use some fancy term. You could also, by the way, if they don't want to sign it, you could also ask them to just write, I refuse to sign on the paper because it's just a matter, it's just a proof that they were actually in a meeting. No, I used to do was like, I used to get the office manager to be there when we were giving it to them and reading it to them. And if they didn't want to sign, he signed as a witness. I signed and he signed. Yep. And you just make a note, the employee refused to sign. Yeah, And it goes into into their file. Another thing I've also have done, which works as well, is say, would you like to write, you know, uh, make a comment on the write-up? They don't want to sign, but they'll write, they'll make a comment, which is also great. It's documentation as well. Oh, yeah, cool. They're screwing themselves. Yes. (laughs) I didn't want to say that, but that's exactly the point. You know, (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know if, if this still holds true, but I was teaching pest control for the Dauphin, and it was this lovely lady. She was like my overseer, and she, she says, I want you to tell me two things that I need to know. The most important two things I told her, there's no crying, and there's a lot of cursing. Select Insurance is just the company that you want to be with. As far as insuring my property, my home, my cars, commercial, personal, he has everything that he can have. There's a relationship and a trust and a level of service that is bar none. You, you know that you're okay. Okay. Well, you know, since I've been down here in Apalachicola, Florida, I haven't cursed in about two months. These really? people are just so nice. No one believes you. I got a witness. Every time you've been on the podcast, you've cursed, so that's How all. is that possible? <laughs> that doesn't count. I'm back of in my element. Does because yes. you're down there. Yeah. So you're cursing when you're down there. And I just no. think like to no. say Apalachicola. No. I leave when I get on the into this thing with you. Mentally and spiritually, I'm back in New York. Okay, fine. That's, I get it. I believe that. It's you, Joe, actually. I think you bring that out in people. First of all, just let's not forget I'm his offspring. He Apple, has a good point. Falling far, all of that, you know? So let's ask like a question that some of the Colony Confidential followers asked. Um, they, there's a lot of return, returning, Jesus Christ, a lot of returning to work questions. Mm -hmm. um, so let me see this one. Because they're planning to, to open up when, on the 15th? No, not in New York City. So let me say this. You could ask your question, but I'm going to say it doesn't matter when they plan on opening up. I don't think everyone should be ready to go out the gate on that day. That's just the, the, the city opening date. When it comes to your organization, you have to take the necessary steps and phase your organization back in as well. I agree. And, and one of the very interesting things about all of this is the fact that all of these businesses realize now that they can function with without people in the office. So oh one of the things for us that we're going to do long term. So, you know, we've been looking at buying a new building because we're outgrowing the one we're, we're in. Yes, you have. Woo but now <laughs> if people do three days in and two days off. And when I say off, at home, home right. if we structure it correctly, as we grow, we can just make sure that there's only six people in those six desks at a time. At a and time. just have, you gotta share your desk. So it might be your desk Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but it's someone else's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then we feel like we'll be able to get away with it like that. Way. 2021 when we're no longer dealing with all these COVID hand, you know, washing situations, but that's a great idea. Let me tell you, a lot of companies have already been doing that. They've already been on, on that ball. And from just my experience in HR, employees want one or two days from home. I don't think it was a, I want to work from home all the time. And I think many people are realizing I actually don't want to be home five days a week. It actually is not that great. But coming in twice a week might work. It might. And I think, it, I hope somebody somewhere has done some type of research or testing during this whole COVID scenario. Mm -hmm. Because really and truly, the bottom line is, is production when people are at home. Home. 
and getting, getting them to produce the same results. So if somebody comes out and shows people, I mean, you hear, I, I don't trust any media anywhere anymore. You can't. But you I've cannot. seen things about people are more productive when they work at home. I don't even think this scenario is a good test either because guess who's also fucking home? The kids. The kids. You can't. Yeah. If I can chime in. You yeah. can. I found when I was working at home and I wasn't working that hard, your office was always there. Like, you know, you're watching a good TV show, the phone's ringing, you're listening to what the guy's saying, you got to run up there and take care of it. Oh, there's always so I meant to do that. You run back into the... It was good... When I, when I was out all the time, I finished everything in the office. And I could see now, maybe I wouldn't be out all the time, but you got to get out a couple of days a week just to get away from the house, yeah. which is also your office. We're not talking about us as owners or even managers because no manager that worked for me, except for the customer service manager, really ever needed to be in the office. And even with that, most of hard work can be done remotely too. But well, we're talking about production, because as an owner, you're going to produce no matter what, in the office, outside the office, in Starbucks, whatever. We're talking, we're talking about staff. the true customer service people, accounts payable, accounts receivable, those people working for home and their production, is it going to improve, decline, or stay flat? And the only good options are flat or improvement. But the, the, the other missing link that we're not paying attention to is are people nat naturally wired to be someone that could work from home? Because that takes a lot of discipline, by the way. It's not just about, okay, what is the job that you have to do? Show me the work. Is, am, I not, am I someone who can naturally sit at home and work and focus and get things done? Or am I someone that needs to be around people? Do I feed off other people's energy? So they're going to have that issue as well. It's not just about the job. And oftentimes we just look at a job and not look at the individual in the job or in the position. And that's where organizations fail. That's where the predictive index comes in. That's where the predictive index. <laughs> so, Kian, we got this thing. We don't have it yet. We've been abusing Char's privileges with it. But yeah. We're, whatever. We're, we're going to invest in it for the company. It is like a personality test that- Behavioral, not personality, it's a behavioral assessment. Yeah. I wanna take that test. I'll send, I'll send you a link. Grand. <laughs> what? 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 Joey, now, what'd you say? It costs $6,000. No, it doesn't. It does for the annual subscription. Shaw said she's gonna send it to you, so we'll hold it to that. She well, did it for me, Chris, Ray, and Erica and even Patrice, and then matched us all, right? Yeah. Not only was it spot on, it was up. spot on to how we communicated, how Chris and I communicate, what's good, what's bad, what can be worked on. I mean, it sold us right away. It's scary, actually. Yeah. Yes. It's so scary. This is also good for relationships. Yes. It could be. If you and Iris want to take it, I'll charge you only fifteen hundred. You know, listen. <laughs> I was just going to tell you. Don't send it to her. <laughs> if it turns out to, be, okay. But it, but it doesn't. It tells you how to communicate with each other better. It really does. And it gives okay. you a relationship guide. So one of the things that I was able to provide is a relationship guide between two people. So once between Chris and Joe. 
because you were, what was, you were a captain? Captain. And Chris was a controller. So. Shockers. <laughs> Two shockers. <laughs> so, Joel, I want to pull you up. I'm actually going to pull you up because you, yours was so spot on. I read it and went, oh, my goodness, which means as a captain. So the other key piece to it, Sheehan, that is amazing that we haven't used yet mm -hmm. is you can take a job description. Like, let's say, here's what a service tech is. Here's what a service manager is. Here's what a customer service manager is. Here's what your director of operations is. And it uses some type of algorithm to tell you if that person that you're interviewing is good for that job. Or it'll tell you what they're good for. Right, Shaw? Yeah, it'll tell you what they're good for as well as caution areas. So these... these this is their strong points and the, here's their weaknesses. So before you even interview the person, make sure you ask these questions if you decide that you still want to interview them because they came close to the behavioral style that you're looking for. Make sure you ask these questions and get, these are the answers that you should be looking to get. So it helps coach you through that interviewing process as well as help you manage that employee if you bring that person on. So you, you get a whole management guide how to manage that type of personality. So. Right. Go ahead. And then it just gets, it gets so crazy, which is why we like it. Because then you take that person and let's say they're a salesperson. Correct me if I'm wrong, Shaw. If you had multiple managers, you could then see what team they fit best with, right? Like if you yeah. had pod one, pod two, pod three, and you had service manager, uh, customer service specialist, yeah. control person, you could match them against those three pods and see where they would fit better. Absolutely. This is very cool. It's so cool. I will send you um, a link for you to take it. And Thank then I, I will send you your results, which is, it breaks it down. It gives you your strongest behavior. It summarizes who you are as a person. Like, you know, Joe says he's very intense and aggressive <laughs> in driving goals, which is true. You know, when you have goals and you, you get really intense about that, you're, very, you're strong, strongly independent in putting forth your own ideas. You have no patience. Like his patience drive <laughs> fell off the page. I'm going to make a prediction that my test is going to come very close to Joe's. Really? I will send I, it to you. I can't wait to see that. It is going to be interesting because you've certainly changed in the past 15 years. When I became a retired exterminator living on a modest income? That was 22 years ago. Or I, or, I, or I didn't have to worry about 22 maniacs that were working for me? Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it, too, is the amount of people. But, so, Shaw, just, just for the record, mm -hmm. can we just, just put the predictive index in motion? Yes. I don't know. We were talking about it beforehand, and the only thing that slowed us down was the uncertainty with COVID-19. No, I know. And I, 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 that's why I didn't even bring it up again. You know me. I'm but just... we want, remember, I, we want to interview that person for the service manager next week. We haven't officially scheduled anything, mm -hmm. but I want to get him the predictive index before. I could still, since you're going to get it, I could still send him the link. And then once you get your pro, your software, I can move everybody over to your software that belong to you. Okay. So tomorrow, I think we're going to pull the trigger with either to meet the interview Monday or Tuesday. Um, so then I'll speak to him and just say, look out for this email. It's part of the hiring process. 
Yes. And if, if anyone else listening is interested in the predictive in this, to call me. <laughs> yeah, call let us. Just, colony. Just Actually, when you call, call Colony, we'll don't. do. You do. There's a Colony Confidential code for a discount. What? What? I know. What? Yeah. <laughs> What's that code? Talk to me about it. PTPD. <laughs> I just made a note. Let me waste my highlighter. Put that in motion. You know, as soon as I hang up, you're going to yeah, get that's fine. <laughs> you, you know, know. You know. Getting it's uh, just do this month. You know no. what, Jamie? You know what Jamie told me? Oh, uh, wow. That Joey can be really rough sometimes. I go, no kidding. She goes, oh, by the way, you were much rougher. I wow. said, take that as a compliment, Jay. I don't know. I'd stack my... Listen, I'm on the downward, the downward end now, too. I'm not like I used to be, sure, in, in regard to the aggressiveness and everything like that. No, you're not. You actually, in nine months, I've been with you, and you have changed a lot. For the better. No, because I think... Depends on who you... For the HR, better is not necessarily seen as better. Not just the HR better. And what's so funny about you is that you actually do care about your employees. And I would have never guessed that from talking to you, if I had, <laughs> which is um, very nice. You put them first. I don't even think you realize how much you put them first. Do you realize how much you put your employees first or no? You know when I realize how much I put them first? When they fuck up. <laughs> and then I'm like, I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I did all this for this person. And that's yeah. when I want to just go and turn into Ed Sheehan circa 1982. But I can't. Because it's illegal. Can't. It, now it is. Now it is. Damn these yeah, laws. It was probably illegal back then, too. Damn these laws. Another question somebody had was about maintaining a solid workforce after the burnout of all these essential workers and their roles. What advice on how to do that? how to maintain a solid workforce. I think what we have to do now is definitely think about the human side. You cannot manage a position anymore. You have to take each individual for who they are and what they're going through. And taking a look at everything from, it's not just about the work that they're not getting done anymore. It's more about how are you doing? How are you feeling? How is everything? How is your family? I think getting a little bit more personal now in terms of in touch, getting in touch with that person as an individual is going to be key. It's, it's, you have to manage like a human being now, and it's no more about looking at your bottom line all the time, which I know is important, but don't approach every conversation as if it's a bottom line conversation. <laughs>